Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. We have in the bullpen a special guest, my dear brother and friend, Mr. David Pakman, host of the David Pakman Show. And breaking down news of the day, my contributor, none other than Mr. Trey Crowder, comedian and extraordinary person. First story of the day a school teacher. Nude, humping, thrusting, and only gets a $150 bond. Let's put up his picture full mass. All right, middle school educator was caught outside of an apartment doing the unthinkable. You're looking at Jesse Schroeder, 39 years of age, who is listed in the county schools website as a social studies teacher at Carwise Middle School was spotted with his pants down outside of a condominium complex in Palm Harbor. An arrest report filed by the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office said. A neighbor told officers that while looking out of the window of her upstairs apartment, she saw the man walking with no shirt, and his pants pulled down to his knees. That's according to the affidavit from the county sheriff's office. She said she watched the man walk around the apartment complex in Palm Harbor, disappear for a short time and then return to the parking lot completely nude. The affidavit states, officers later watched video taken by a neighbor just before 11.30 PM on October 13th that showed the man walking around the apartment complex rubbing himself on a stair rail and thrusting against a pillar, the affidavit says. There's more. When officers posed the question, they asked him why he had been behaving that way. He said, and I quote, I cannot explain it, according to the affidavit. He was booked into the county jail just before 9 p.m. on October 27th and faces one count of exposure of sexual organs, according to the sheriff's office. He was released on a whopping $150 bond, 150 bucks, okay? All right, again, Schroeder is a school teacher at Carwise Middle School located in Palm Harbor. This is about 25 miles northwest of Tampa. The county school did not immediately respond to a request for comment on October 28th. Carwise Middle School serves six to eight and enrolls around 1,241 students per year. That's according to US News and World Report. Now we bring these stories to your attention because obviously 
there's a disconnect between how these matters should be treated and how they are treated. We have seen this routinely. There are clear indication, there are clear indicators here that something is completely wrong. This person does not need to be around children. And typically the school system will either come out with a statement that says, hey, he did this on his own time. And we have no evidence that anything happened at the school system at all. And he's innocent until proven guilty. We are respecting his rights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this school system decided to release no statement when they were asked for one. And then the $150 bond. Now, how is this less than a misdemeanor? I mean, a $150 bond. You got to think about this now. Remember, Republicans of Florida, they will tell you that the biggest evil inside of K through 12 education is critical race theory. They want you to focus on that. They say critical race theory is the biggest threat in K through 12 education, not even taught in K through 12 education. Educators have confirmed this, students have confirmed this, curriculum has confirmed this. However, a person like this, because of a few factors. Number one, how school systems treat teacher unions. And I am in support generally of these union contracts. My mother, the woman who adopted me is a school teacher. I've served as a school teacher in high school and I'm a current college professor. So I understand it, I get it. But there always has to be an exception when things are this egregious. Remember on the record, there's a recording of him doing this. The school system is still silent. All right, Trey thoughts here. Uh, he said he can't explain it. I think I can probably explain it. It starts with a C and ends with Ristol meth. Am I right? It was definitely uh, meth. That seems very methy what he was doing. Also, I feel like in terms of you know uh, why they haven't fired him or the low bond, I think all that's related to. I mean, this is Florida we're talking about. I feel like this isn't even really that bad for Florida standards. He didn't try to eat anybody's nose. There was no giant lizards involved. Like it could have been a whole lot worse, really. But uh, uh, no, I mean, I'm just kidding. I have a son who starts middle school next year and I wouldn't want a butt naked rail humper uh, being his teacher, even if I did live in the state of Florida. So, you know, uh, I think uh, that they probably should take some form of action, but maybe they're sitting there like if we fire everybody that does math and gets Naked, we're not gonna be able to find any teachers in this state. I don't know. I'm just sorry. I like to make fun of Florida. You, uh, yeah, <laughs> you may be right. You may be right on the comparative <laughs> model here. That comparatively yeah. speaking, you know, he may not be the worst offender, and that is saying uh, that is saying a lot about the degradation yeah. of Florida. Yeah. All right. No, I, w- I wouldn't want him around. I wouldn't want him teaching my kid. You know, I'm yeah. just I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a video, man. There's a video that exists. You need to yeah. sit your ass down at this point. It's it. Yeah. So, all right. Very sad story. Okay. Firefighters decided to lie on an official report and said they searched for two black children and never did. Never did. But the firefighters, they weren't fired for manipulating an official document, lying about their duty and oath to protect and rescue. Let's put up the picture of the family, okay? You see the two black children, they're dead, they're dead. The firefighters, two of them lied on the same report and said, "Oh, we did everything we could. We went aside, we did a sweep of the apartment. They did nothing, not a damn thing. Guess what? They are being protected. 
but I'm going to expose every single one of them. Keep that picture up. You're looking at Crystal Cooper. She's in the center. She's grieving the loss of her two sons, Zierra Mitchell and Lamar Mitchell, 12 and 9 respectively, dead. A Michigan mother is now demanding answers and accountability. After two firefighters gave an all clear, now that's important to note, all clear means nobody else should come here to help. They gave an all clear during a house fire that left both of her sons dead. Flint is where this happened. Flint Fire Chief Raymond Barton found that Sergeant Daniel Snagoki and Michael Zlotek completed false reports about what occurred on that Memorial Day weekend fire. He said it, he said, yeah, these guys lied. He did, he did something else. They claimed to have searched for the children on the second floor, where the bodies of both of them, the 12 year old and nine year old were discovered by two other firefighters six minutes later. Now. Keep in mind the variable so far. The fire chief says, yeah, they lied on an official report. What is that? That's violation of oath of office. That is a crime, that's a criminal act. You can actually be charged with a felony. Two other firefighters ended up finding the dead bodies a crucial six minutes afterwards. After those firefighters, initial ones lied, there's more. The chief recommended that the two lying firefighters who happen to be white be fired. He said they gotta go. But one was allowed to resign because somebody decided to override the chief. And the other was suspended for two weeks and received additional search and rescue training before returning to the job because somebody decided to override that decision by the chief as well. Now the person who decided to override this wanted to remain top secret. But I got the goods and we're gonna expose the individual who did it. There's more. Let's put up a picture of Miss Crystal Cooper who was speaking at the Flint City Council meeting. This was on October 19th. She was speaking because she said there's something foul here. The child's mother. Both of the children's mother, Crystal Cooper, took her fight of justice to the Flint City Council. Cooper said she wants the firefighters who neglected to search for her sons to face criminal charges. And that is exactly what we want as well. They were later carried out of the home by two black firefighters who took the time to actually do a search. Both of the children died days later after being airlifted to Detroit Children's Hospital. They committed a crime for them to say they searched the house and they really didn't search the house. For them to be suspended with pay, they weren't dealt with properly according to the mother when she addressed city council. Ms. Cooper, I agree with you 100%. Zaire and Lamar were in the home when the fire started on May 28th. I'm taking you back to the historical element. The boys were spending the weekend with their father. 
A witness reported seeing smoke billowing from the side of the residential structure. And there was possible entrapment according to a 911 audio obtained by ABC 12. According to accounts at the city council meeting, someone reportedly walked into the fire station where the smoke from the house could be seen about 200 feet away. Firefighters made the first call. So the two firefighters, Snagoki and Zlotek, were the first ones to respond. When they responded, what did they do? They decided to call off any other rescue efforts. They literally told people, we do not need any additional help. We have swept this place, it is clean, everybody can move on with their lives. That's what they did, that's extreme. After performing the initial sweep of the home, they wrote in their reports that they entered the doorway of the bedroom where the children were found and used a thermal imaging camera to scan the room and the results were negative. However, the firefighter whose team found the children after moving an air conditioning vent told the chief there was no way possible. They entered the bedroom where the victims were found and missed them. No way possible that happened. The first child was found to the immediate left of the entrance of the room and the other one was on the bed. In other words, if the firefighters would have simply walked into the room, if they would have simply walked into the room, they would have found them. Those children would possibly be alive right now, today. They did not get fired, they did not get charged and one is still working. Barton wrote in the department's final investigative report that both of these firefighters, and I quote, knowingly made false reports in their incident write-ups. Just hard stop there. Knowingly made false reports in their investigative write-up, felony. That's a felony charge. What else are we talking about at this point? Knowingly made false statements on an actual investigative document, violation of oath of office, you go to jail. They didn't, their actions or inactions arise to disobedience according to FFD rules and regulations. And as such, their actions have impeded, injured and hindered the progress, welfare, efficiency and good name of the department. Now remember, this is the chief. The chief is giving you all the goods you need to effect an arrest. The chief of the fire department is not able to arrest. They can investigate, they can make a decision, make a conclusion, they can forward it even to a prosecutor, but he cannot arrest. So he said everything on the record to make sure everybody was very clear about what he believed happened here. Who's protecting him? Put up his picture. You see this fellow? He's the mayor. Sheldon Neely. Is the one protecting them. And I don't give a damn what y'all for say. You're the one who decided to override the decision because based on your own city charter, you're the only one that can override a decision by the city manager. Now you can play like what boo boo the fool if you want to. Some Flint council members and community members also believe that the mayor that you're looking at, Sheldon Neely, overrode the chief's recommendation to terminate the firefighters and that he 
has also conspired with the city attorney to keep his involvement secret. There's another man named Eric Mays, a city councilman who has called out the mayor specifically. Now, Eric Mays, he's not one to toy with, he's a real one. Some people do not like his style, I happen to love it. Council members drilled Flint Human Resources Director Eddie Smith about why the city did not terminate the firefighters. What did Smith say? Smith told the council that the final decision was made before the personnel files made it to his desk. What? The final decision was made before the personnel files hit his desk. Who has the power to do that? Only the mayor does, nobody else. There's more. Councilman Eric Mays, the man you just saw, said the mayor was the only one who could have given the order. Community activist Arthur Woodson claims the mayor tried to keep the incident under wraps until after the election season. Cooper said an attorney she hired to help with the incident, a supporter of the mayor, asked her to do the same thing. She hires counsel to represent the best interest for her deceased children and getting justice for their deaths. The counsel, the attorney who's a supporter of the mayor says, let's just play politics right now. Let's do what the mayor is suggesting through his actions. Now I bring up Eric Mays, the city councilman because I know he will see this segment. Uh, dear brother, you have fought vigorously for your community. You have got in the face literally of constituents. Hell, they even locked you up a few times. These children should be alive today. Your mayor's already gone, he'll sell out. It's no hope for him. Eric Mays is the same man who did this at one council meeting a few years ago. Here it is. I want this sent to the police. You ain't cracking me across my head. Well, you ain't gonna threaten nobody in no public meeting because your man don't want to answer an easy question. I'm gonna make a promise to you. You're not gonna interrupt this meeting threatening no elected official with no physical violence. I don't care what kind of suit you wear. Councilman Mays. I don't Councilman care what Mays. kind of suit you Councilman wear. Mays. You wear out of order. Asking you and to you're calm making down. your client look bad. Okay, I need that same spirit, Councilman, as you continue to advocate for this family and expose the corruption that you know has already taken place. While some may disagree with this style, brother, I actually appreciate the fact you're not afraid to confront power. Check it when necessary. Mr. Neely said it would be political suicide if he let out that two young black boys were in this house and it was two white firefighters that gave an all clear. And those young boys were in that house for six minutes. Six minutes, Woodson said, Councilwoman Tanya Burns claims, and I quote, the mayor and his people went after the boy's family on social media because the home 
did not have smoke detectors. Think about this. Instead of holding the public officials, the firefighters accountable, they decided to protect them and go after the grieving family because there was no operating fire detector. Flint council members have now voted unanimously to launch an independent investigation into the fire and the lack of disciplinary actions against these firefighters. There you have it. All right, we're going to continue to follow the story, bring you updates as they come. Trey, what are your thoughts here? I mean, I'm not going to make fun of this or anything. You know, those two little boys are right around the same age as my two sons. I uh, can't imagine anything uh, worse or more tragic. It's very sad. I guess the main thing that I thought when reading about this was like, oh man, not the fire department too now. Yeah. You know, like it's always, yep. it's always something new with a different police department every week. And you sort of like, I know they have a big like rivalry, but the cops and the firefighters are on two sides of the same coin. They both work for the city, serve the public. And you have not typically seen many songs like F the fire department, or if you saw a fire department, hat or a bumper sticker on you wouldn't think to yourself, well, I've got to avoid that guy at a party. You know what I mean? Like we haven't had the same sort of association with the fire department. And in seeing this, I was like, please don't let that start happening too. Like I can't can't have, you know, just the general public trust in the institution of the, you know, public fire department also start to erode in the current society that we live in. You know what I mean? Like like I hope this is just an isolated incident because I ain't trying to see the fire department go to of the of the cops. Well, we'll <laughs> you know, see. We've not. had multiple stories here where fire department officials were involved in just as much egregious activity as some police officers. Definitely not as extreme as far as numbers, but it exists. There's a coalition there of some sort. Okay, a man shot 16 times for a wellness check. A wellness check, put up his picture for a mask, it's a damn shame. This was in New Mexico. A man was fatally shot multiple times by police during a wellness check at a gas station. His name is Keyshawn Thomas, 27 years of age, black male. He was sleeping, intoxicated in his car at a gas station in Albuquerque. That ended when cops decided to fire 16 shots and kill him. Let's put it up, okay? This was on August 28th. A worker at the gas station, Valero, had dialed 911 for a wellness check. That's it. They were concerned about the individual inside of the car. It had been parked for a few hours. Thomas had his car off, the car was not running. Cops woke him up by asking him to come out of the car. Police quickly escalated the encounter from initial expressions of concern to threatening him, cursing at him and being aggressive toward him. Eventually, he was asked if he was armed by the police. Thomas handed one of the officers a loaded gun magazine and went to retrieve the gun from the trunk, which was not there, leading the 27 year old to go back to the cab of his car. Now, what is he doing? What do these actions suggest? That's disarming. He's literally disarming any 
ammunition, hey, here you go, here you go. I don't want any issues here. I'm going to comply, I'm doing exactly what you say. Now remember, it's your constitutional right to have a weapon unless if you're black and then all of a sudden it's a problem, okay? But he's disarming. The APD officers allowed Thomas to get his phone from the car. They allowed him to do this, to get his phone. Let's put up those pictures. Thomas walks toward the open driver's side door to get his phone. They're like, yeah, get your phone. When Thomas leans toward the center console, one of the officers standing near the front driver's side yells, gun, gun. And he and other two officers unloaded a barrage of gunshots at Mr. Thomas. He was reaching for his cell phone, no gun. But let's contextualize it another way. You told him to hand you any weapons he may have. Even if he did have a weapon and you said he can retrieve it and you shoot him while retrieving because you told him to, that sounds like a setup to me. You allowed him to go back in that car. You knew he was grabbing his cell phone, told you. You realized that he wanted to be compliant because he was. He was in compliance with what you told him to do. And you shot and killed him. Now we've heard from other officers right here at Indisputable. We have heard other officers tell us anonymously as whistleblowers. Police officers will yell gun just to cover their ass when it comes to a court hearing. That police officers will yell certain things during an encounter in order to justify their own criminal behavior. Police officers have told us this directly. It's part of what they do, it's part of their culture. They understand how to work the system. Let's put up the guy in charge, the chief of police, Harold Medina. Said, and I quote, we can be better at controlling our frustrations and the way we communicate with individuals. That's all he said. He didn't blame the cops. He just said, oh, you know, they could have communicated with him better. A federal investigation found APD, that police department that he is in charge of, has a pattern, a practice of excessive force. <clears throat> After 20 people were killed in one year, so far in 2022, the police department has had eight. All right, Trey, thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I find, I can't even really follow what they thought might be happening based on how I understand it. It's like, oh, there's a gun in the trunk, but then there wasn't a gun in the trunk. They know his phone is in the in the front of the vehicle. They allowed him to go and try and retrieve it, but then when he did, they acted like they thought the phone was a gun or that there was a gun somewhere else in there or something, and they scream it just so they could start shooting at him, and it yep. all just like, you know, it's like. Just egregiously incompetent, it seems like. And then when you couple that with the fact that, like you just mentioned, that that's been found by federal investigation, that they have a pattern of this type of, you know, excessive force. I mean, it's particularly damning, but it's like, you know, it's, this is very consistent with the type of stories we see from all around the country all the time. And I'm sure not much will happen to them probably. And they'll probably just 
keep uh, keep doing this. But I don't know how you can justify anything like this, but it continues to happen. So yeah, you know, there was a time in my life years ago when I would have given the cops the benefit of the doubt and said they must have thought something was wrong. I no longer believe I should give them the benefit of the doubt. They knew what he was retrieving. They allowed him to go back into the vehicle. They saw that he was willing to be compliant with their orders. They allowed all of this activity. He just gave them the magazine. He gave them all the bullets, he gave them the ammunition. It's legal to have a gun. It's nothing right. illegal about having a gun. So just because somebody has a gun, why do you start shooting at them? They haven't pulled a gun on you. It's legal, it's constitutional to have one. I so mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it literally makes it seem like they actively want to shoot people sometimes, <laughs> which I know, you know, but it, or it's just like, are they just that skittish and terrified of, you know, the people that they're charged with policing slash, you know, serving ostensibly? They're just that, that worried for their own life all the time that they're that on edge that they, you know, put, draw their gun that easily, or is it that they, you know, Want to want to get into things like this because it's whatever exciting or they have blood thirst. I mean, I don't know. It's all just so crazy because it seems it would it feels like it should be easily avoidable these yep. types of insane incidents, but yet they happen all the time. So, like, what is going on yeah. culturally or organizationally or both? You know, every day, every day, regular citizens, regular people, they're able to de-escalate. They're able to talk sensibly to people every single day. But when it comes to police, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still have a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. Um, Eileen, lesbian dance theory dragon, that's awesome. Trey Crowder, LOL. Watch his weekly skews tonight and every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Boom! You didn't even yeah. have to say it, man. I know. That's the best way right there. That's awesome, man. They do the do the plugging for you. You can't beat that. I, I'm much appreciated, uh, Miss uh, Lesbian Dragon Dance uh, Person. Right. <laughs> it's an awesome name. All right, Mickey <laughs> C. The Silver Hair Dragon says echoes of Philando Castillo. You're absolutely correct. Get your gun, then shoot when he gets his gun. And if you remember with that Philando Castillo video. As soon as the cop shot him and the girlfriend in the car says, why did you shoot him? He told you he, he had a gun, he has a permit. The cop's response, listen to the response, the cop says, I don't know. He says, I don't know. All right, too old for this dragon, <laughs> said, thank you for that by the way. Hi doc, I hope you don't mind me asking this. What kind of law are you planning to practice? Keep doing the Lord's work, much love, much love back to you. Uh, not an issue at all, I appreciate you asking. I plan to practice federal civil rights law. That will be my practice. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're I feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Look at her. No, yeah, she's pouring trash on the property. You wanna wait for the police? No, we got a job to do. What's her problem? She's crazy.
So obviously Karen does not like spa parties for little princesses in Pennsylvania. Let's put a picture up for a mass. All right, fascinating. According to the person who posted this, Alicia, the owner of Sugar and Spice Kitty Spa, she says this lady harasses us every chance she gets. She's constantly messing with us. She has poured trash all over my establishment. This lady said that every time we have a party, she's going to interrupt it so we can get in trouble. This right here is what we call a Karen. There you go, Alicia. You're absolutely correct. It is a Karen. The Karenicity runs deep in this one. Think about the insanity of this. This particular Karen is willing to commit criminal acts in order to disrupt parties for children. That's how insane this is. If you have an issue, if you have an issue with, I don't know, um, the crowd or parking, whatever issue you may have being a mean ass Karen, well, you call code enforcement. Uh, talk to your city council person, send an email to the city manager. There are non criminal ways to deal with conflict. You decided to be a criminal, and now everyone knows about your criminal activity. Okay, Trey, thoughts here? I mean, I think one reason it's a particular problem for the business owner is you just know she got so much more of that trash in her house. Like she got a whole <laughs> a garage, three, four bedrooms, an attic, all filled with trash because she's a hoarder if I've ever seen one. So yeah, she ain't gonna be running low anytime soon. They're gonna have to find some other way to stop her. But also, I've, I've Scarcely wanted a video to continue on, you know, more than I did for this one because I was just trying to figure out what her rationale was going to be. Like, you know, she wanted to continue the, it's not a conversation, and she was out of trash. So I just want to know, like, what type of crazy was about to come out of her mouth because it's wild to me thinking how stuff like this works in people's heads. You know, you know. like she's literally mad at them for existing or whatever. I mean, who could be mad at like princess parties? It's wild. You got to be filled with a unique form of rage, I feel like. Uh, but you know, I guess it's not all that unique because all kinds of Karens out here. That's right. All right. We have another one, okay? Uh, it is a Karen, but it's an update. Remember the Karen? That went toe to toe with Terrell Owens and then ended up lying. Well, that Karen has been charged with a misdemeanor. Let me remind you of the initial issue. Here it is. I'm good. What's up, sir? Yeah, What's going on, folks? I'm driving to my mailbox. Mm -hmm. She telling me I'm speeding, telling me oh, to wow. slow down. Slow down. And he rolled down his window and he started harassing. First of all, I didn't harass you. She telling me to slow down. I said, what do you mean slow down? I said, yo, I'm just going to the mailbox. And then she goes, get the out of the middle of the road. The First of all, I didn't I almost hit you. Now you're just making up stuff. No, I literally just like a Karen. I did, how did I almost hit you? And I'm going to the mailbox. Yeah, I called you a Karen when I came over here after you said I called the police. 
Absolutely. Then you then you went on to say, oh, I'm the, the subject of the HOA meeting, this and that and the other. I got liens on my house, this and that and the other. Then you start bringing up my status, who I was, my HBO, my I VH1. You the one brought it up, lady. I, I did, did it. it. Right. You did it. You did. Hey, 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 folks, folks. First of all, first first of all, I didn't almost hit her. Okay. No, no, no. I'm okay. fine, sir. I, first of all, I didn't almost hit her. I understand that. Just relax. Nothing to sit up here. And... He ran the stop sign. <laughs> well, there is no stop sign. What are you talking about? I understand. That. <laughs> I wasn't, but I asked him to slow down, and he started. He got out of his car and started harassing me. He put his car in park. Right, because you're gonna yell at me and tell me I'm almost hit you, and I didn't. But you didn't have to get out of your car. You didn't have to talk to me that way either, Karen. You're a black man. A white woman. First of all, you had your your boy right here, your husband right here. So first of all, I don't do that type okay, of stuff. Relax. You did. You put your car in park and you came uh, after yeah, me. Yeah, I did. First of all, I didn't come at you. Yes, you, can, you did. You can stop all of that, Karen. Listen, if you guys want me here, I can solve this. He literally came this, after me. <laughs> here she crying. There's Karen. Look at this. This is unbelievable. Swear to God, I've never been a part of nothing like this. Her husband tried to tell her to go in the house, but no, she wanted to do the whole Karen thing. So I'm going to be here with my camera to show everything. First of all, you need to stop that. You were speeding through the neighborhood. It was not. I was in the garage. You're lying now because I was sitting in the garage. She's been charged with a misdemeanor with a lying ass. Put up the picture, please. So this particular Karen said a few things. She said, you're a black man approaching a white woman. Whoa, wait a minute. I mean, she utilized black man as if she means you are a wild beast. You are a monstrous criminal. I mean, what does that have to do with your tears, madam? He's an African-American male. He can legally be that. Also, she said, she was harassed by Mr. Owens. She also indicated according to the narrative that the HOA has issues with Mr. Owens. She said he had the audacity to put his car in park. Okay, uh, let me give you the background. Court records show that Caitlin Davis was hit with a second degree misdemeanor charge for false reports. Yep, false reports, cause all those lies she told, this is how you deal with Karenicity. Now I've said this before, for everyone who has one of those Karen moments and the police are called and you say, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to just let it go. I'm gonna forgive what happened here. But Karen, I hope you learned a lesson. No way, they have learned a damn thing. You're gonna to have to go ahead and file that police report. You're gonna to have to show up to court. You gotta prosecute fullest extent of the law, all right? You are not doing the society a favor. Unless you prosecute Karenicity, I'm telling you now, it will come back. The only thing I've seen these Karens respect on some level is when they get those handcuffs around their wrists. Um, so according to documents, authorities say that she knowingly gave false information to a law enforcement officer about the spat. Records show she's due in court in December uh, for a hearing, we will be there. If convicted, she's facing jail time. All right, now when I say we will be there, we will make sure we report and give you the update. Um, Owens would speak to Cuomo about the Karen being charged. Here it is. Now right. she's charged. Do you like right. that she is charged? Do you want to prosecute her? 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Because if the roles were reversed, um, obviously um, they would be going to the full extent of the law to to charge me. So again, it's not about me. Uh, I just think about others um, that may have been in this situation and that they didn't, like I said, have the status or or just the wherewithal to to do what I did. Like I said, it could have been obviously gravely different. And so again, I want to be able to use this platform, obviously, to kind of shed light on really what goes on. Like I said, it doesn't matter what type of neighborhood uh, you're in. This is the reality of the life of a black individual or a black American. Now, damn it, that's how you do it. Absolutely. Yes, I want to charge. I want to prosecute it 100%. There you go. Sir, I'm going to say this, and I don't say this lightly, Mr. Owens. You are the number one anti-Karen right now in my world. All right, TMZ wanted a statement when TMZ Sports reached out to Mr. Owens. His quote was, Karen is real. You see? Trey, thoughts here. I mean, I think the part, you know, where she said while crying, uh, you know, you're a black man approaching a white woman sort of tells the whole tale, you know, because yep. for a very, very, very long time, that was literally all they had to say <laughs> in a situation like that. And everybody, you know, any uh, any authority figure or law enforcement officer, anybody would have been like, oh my God, that's true, lock him up, you know, and as uh and as T.O. himself pointed out, you know, that type of thing still happens. Like he, you know, who knows if he hadn't have been a Hall of Fame wide receiver, very yeah. high profile, successful guy. Also, I'm from Tennessee, so I would point out he's the all time greatest University <laughs> of Tennessee Chattanooga yeah. mock. He played at uh, Tennessee Chattanooga in college. Love T.O. But yeah, if he wasn't who he is, it still could have gone that way. And she, it might have turned out exactly how she expected it to. You know what I mean? It's just she happened to start her. Uh, Karenicity, as you put it, yep. with a high profile and high status black man, you know, because it goes the other way all the time. Uh, but the more stuff like this happens and people like T.O. push back and prosecute, like you said, then maybe we can continue to sort of whittle away at the uh, the the overall culture of Karenness in this country. Yeah, but, one can only hope. But right. even, even in the scenario that we saw in video, you clearly see the officer telling T.O. to calm down, yeah. but the white woman is the one who was irate. So <laughs> yeah. even, even in that, the bias of the officer still is clear in how he dealt with the situation initially. We have more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. Always good to be with you, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of these comments on Press for Time. Forgive me if I cannot get to yours. Lynn says, the trash problem got worse when Kara sat down on the stoop. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is funny. Okay, it is what it is. There's a federal police officer who has been arrested for trafficking narcotics. He's a drug dealer, according to the investigation. Let's put up his picture, full mass. Arlington County PD arrested and charged. That man, off-duty Pentagon Force Protection Agency police officer following a narcotics investigation. Keep his picture up. He works for the Pentagon Force Protection Agency Police Department. Eric Welch is his name, 33 years of age, was charged with possession with intent to distribute 
a controlled substance and possession with intent, intent to distribute a controlled substance while armed, while he had his gun on him, okay? He is now being held without bond, could face up to 20 years in prison or more if convicted. The organized crime section initiated a narcotics investigation after receiving information regarding a suspect possibly distributing cocaine in Arlington County. During the course of the investigation, detectives were able to identify Mr. Welch as a suspect and obtain evidence confirming his involvement in narcotics distribution, AKA he's a dope dealer. He was taken into custody on the afternoon of October 28th after detectives observed him purchase narcotics for distribution. It's called buying weight, okay? So he goes to his weight man, he buys his weight and he was caught. A firearm was recovered at the scene, he is the police. A search warrant was executed at the suspect's residence in Alexandria, which resulted in the recovery of what? What all drug dealers have, more drugs. He had more narcotics at his house um, and also firearms. This is an active investigation, this story is still developing. You have you have to squint to see this in the news right now, uh, but it's currently happening. Um, here it is, here it is. Now, what would make a cop think? You can be the police and a drug dealer. Like you will say, wait a minute, why, why would you even think you can get away with that? What? Wait a minute, police get away with, let's count the ways, uh, killing people that are unarmed and killing people that are unarmed. If you can literally get away with murder, why would you not think you could get away with being a narcotics dealer? All right, Trey, thoughts here. I mean, I think there's a lot of Pentagon officials and people around the Pentagon who had a much worse Halloween weekend after this guy got locked up. <laughs> probably, probably pretty bummed out. Their plug, <laughs> the plug got caught. But no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But I no, mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with. What, <laughs> no, you're not just kidding. I agree with. I agree with what you just said too. I was going to say, like they, they fully expect to get away with any and everything like this. Like I don't think it crosses their mind that they would not get away with it. You know, they're emboldened to try anything like this and it's like classic dirty cop stuff. It's like, you know, at least he had to go to some uh like you said, his white guy to pick some up instead of just like stealing it from the evidence locker or whatever. Right. Like a lot of them do. So I mean, yeah, I'm not uh I'm not surprised at all. More, you know, if it the only part that's remotely surprising is that they, you know, called him when they did. In my yeah, opinion, but they caught him. They did, according to the investigation. Caught a woman doing meth in the bathroom just moments before this absolute meltdown took place. Stay over there! Get your Get my
Once again, just because something may not go your way, it does not mean you should act in a way that's criminal against those in our food service industry. Now, according to the narrative here, there's a background, there was a preoccupation, so to speak. Well, okay, it happens. But when the food is cold, Engaging in criminal conduct is not going to make it warm again. I don't understand the goal of Karens that decide to act in such a manner. It does not achieve anything positive. All right, David, thoughts on this? I was getting really nervous for the um, for the food service preparer when I saw Karen grab that ketchup bottle because I thought, oh no, here it comes. She's going to squeeze and it's going to be a big mess. Um, the guy handled it well. He tried to stay calm. He called the police. He did everything he could. But this is just goes to show there are a lot of crazy people out there who are in need of all sorts of different kinds of help. And maybe the only thing we can do is say to these people, look, before you go into a restaurant and are obsessed over a meal, just make sure you have your wits about you. Make sure you're not intoxicated because if you are under the influence of something, you're going to make for a very bad day for a lot of other people. Yeah, let's put up that graphic because no one should be mad at Dairy Queens. Please understand, if you are inside of a Dairy Queen, you're already winning. All right, should be a happy moment for you. All right, we have an indisputable exclusive. No other news agency has this. A director, the person who actually owns a school, an institution for beauty, a beauty school, uses the N word. Let me first take you to the video, I will give you background. Here it is. I have no problem saying the word when it's used in a in a bad way. Why have we um All right, let's put up a picture. We have a lot more. Okay? Indisputable received a video from a whistleblower at a beauty school. The Academy of Aesthetic Arts in Lacey, Washington, in which the owner and instructor who you're looking at now utilized the n-word. Video was given to us courtesy of investigative journalist Peter Gale. Here's the owner of the beauty school. Her name is Vina Villanueva. In the video, which was from January, this director, this owner explains why her employee, Kathy Bliss, Earlier use of the N-word was not appropriate. Former student Carly Cravens witnessed Bliss using the N-word that morning and complained. Craven said in a statement, I stood up and told her she was ridiculous and walked out of the school. She would refer to black students as the blacks. Students approached her uncomfortable about the language she used and Vina did not care. She didn't care according to this former student. Carly Cravens told us directly that some of the things she heard Kathy Bliss saying that morning, and I quote the Spanish word black for is in word anyway. She said it was black lives matters fault. The word is so effed up. She said, if they would stop being so sensitive, 
the world would be better. Back in my day, we used to call them colored. Let's go to the exterior of this institution, Academy of Aesthetic Arts Exterior, there you go. Okay, let's keep that up. Another former student, Tamri Ray confirmed attendees said they were hesitant to speak out about the administrator's behavior for fear of retaliation. She said attendance cost about $10,000, refunds are hard to come by. An African American manager at the school, Monique Evil, said she spoke up to this owner about the use of the racist language. In June, she was fired. And what she says was simply an act of retaliation. I have a direct quote from Monique. It says, I also have a daughter who is of mixed race and she is darker than me. Then Vina tried to like basically backpedal over things. And I was like, look, I don't feel safe coming to this work environment. The same young lady said she wanted to leave, but tried to stick it out because of the students. She tried to hang in there because she had a bond with the students. Kathy Bliss, the woman who Craven said initially used the N word, did come to the phone when we requested a comment. Here's the quote from Kathy Bliss. This is a vindictive thing to try to get the new school shut down. I would tell you that right now. What happened was an innocent mistake on my part, not gonna go into it. I was complaining about what was going on at my granddaughter's middle school, yeah. And this got all blown way out of proportion, real simple, right? Uh, Stop saying the N word. You see, we would not be here if it had not been for your actions, you understand? You get that, all right? Now, you have the opportunity, and I'm putting this out publicly. You have the opportunity to come on my show. If you would like to explain context or other employees, the accusations of retaliation, come on the show, open invitation. And one thing that no one can say about me is that I don't keep my word. People say a whole lot of things about me. One thing for sure, I will keep my word. So if you would like to come on the show and explain, have at it. You have an open opportunity, madam. All right, Trey, thoughts here. I mean, yeah, like you alluded to, it just feels like it shouldn't be that hard to not say the N word, you know, especially repeatedly and while at work. She's trying to defend it by being like, no, I was just talking about, you know, what's going on in my daughter's middle school. And it's like, what could be going on there that would justify right. <laughs> your use of that kind of language? But I'm always amazed when people like this are. Surprised that there's backlash or consequences for these types of actions. I'm just like, what kind of rock have you been living under and for how long that you don't understand that you can't just do this stuff anymore? Like, I saw there's a thing going viral right now. These white Mormon kids in Utah dressed up in blackface for Halloween and went to Walmart. And that's going around right now. And it's like that you could tell they're like, why is everybody mad about this? And it's like, well, I get that Utah is Utah, but and Washington, Washington State is Washington State, but I just don't understand how you could be this. These people are all too young to act this papaw-y, you know what I mean? Mm. This is like racist papaw stuff, <laughs> and it's very prevalent in the world still, so yeah. I don't know. A cop punches the car of a woman and then proceeds to act this way. Here it is. 
Driver's license, ma'am. You, you just punched my car. Driver's Why did license. you just punch my car, sir? Ma'am, driver's license, please. You just punched my car. Why did you just punch my car? And why do you... There's actually more. Here it is. Break you, the window. Okay. I'm about to well, break, break my window. window, sir. Driver's license. Sir, break my Driver's window. License. Break the Driver's window, sir. License. Break now. Break the window, sir. Driver's license. Sir, break my window, please. Driver's license. Now. You got three seconds. You got three seconds. Yes. Three seconds for your driver's and license. And I'm sitting here. One. And this is the same Two. sergeant I made a complaint on. Driver's license. And uh, I'm sitting here pregnant, and I'm sitting here pregnant. He's busting. You don't, you don't have to bust my window. Then I'll give you, you my license when I get it. You are recording this? I will give you my license when I get it. I will give you my license when I get it. Two. Driver's license now. So he's starting to hit it. License now. He's starting to hit my car. Uh, yes. This is the same one I made a complaint on. Yes, and he's in uh, with Tasha Mosley, and this is the one I have the lawsuit on. So I went past, and he hit my car. And this young man right here was on duty as well. Sir, sir, can you tell me your name? Driver's license. It's on the ground. Driver's license. Hit my, hit, bust this window. Bust this window. Bust it if you want to. Look at that. Already, already. You see clearly, there's an entanglement here. There's a connection here. Something is happening. The woman literally had to call the police on the police. Let's put up his picture for a mask. Um, my dear friends over at ATL Uncensored, great brother who runs that media company, identified this officer as Sergeant Johnny Baker of the Lovejoy, Georgia Police Department. Okay, that's who he is. As you may have heard, the pregnant black woman has a history with this sergeant and has already issued a complaint against him and has an ongoing lawsuit against him prior to this interaction. Why is he bothering her? Sounds like bullying to me, sergeant. The best way to deal with the bully is exposure. Okay, so you're gonna be exposed here. 
Love Joy Police Chief, you're gonna get some of this action too, put up his picture. That's Chief Michael A. Gaddis, all right? Buck stops with him. Now Chief, I've run into you on occasion here in this state. I have something to submit to you. If you find that there's an active lawsuit from that woman against that cop, and he decided to act in that manner, you have a job to do. Now, we have already put in the request. We are going to find out the connection. I have a recommendation for you, dear chief. Make your decision before we get those documents, cuz I know you already know. All right, Trey, thoughts here. I mean, I just, how is in any world is that an effective way to execute a traffic stop? You know what I mean? Right. Just screaming and frothing and rage and repeating yourself. It's like it just seemed they seem wholly untrained all the time. It's like how what what what's the best case scenario? What kind of outcome are you expecting treating people like this in that job? It's just I don't know. It's wild. Like the standard is truly just so low, <laughs> you know, in in that world that this yep. kind of thing happens all the time. Yeah, so many different ways that could have been handled. All right. Always a pleasure, brother, having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, thanks for having me back. You can, any of the social media pages, you can just look me up under my name, Trey Crowder, spelled T-R-A-E Crowder, and you'll find it. The person already plugged Weekly Skews, that's my political podcast. And I got some other stuff too, you'll see it all if you just, like I said, look me up by my name. Thank you guys for having me. Always fascinating work, always a pleasure having you on the show. Okay, we got more on the other side, the bullpen is next. Stick and stay. Welcome back, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. My dear brother and friend David Pakman of the David Pakman Show is on this show, national broadcaster and extraordinary individual. David, thank you for being on the show, how are you? My pleasure, I'm so glad to be here. All right, we're gonna chop it up about a couple of items. But let me start with what we have seen lately, this anti-Jewish rhetoric spewed by Kanye West, eaten up by individuals since, including white supremacists who are completely antithetical to the progress of anybody but white people and white supremacy. I don't want to presume what you feel about these elements. So I wanted to bring you on the show, allow you to express your sentiment and let's talk about it openly. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's not surprising that such a prominent public figure repeating just about every common and typical anti-Semitic trope and stereotype is being met with a stunning amount of support. If you look at the YouTube comments on my channel, when I've talked about the things that Kanye West has said, there's a shocking number of people who go, listen, David, is he's just right. You know, He's just speaking the truth. And he's finally saying the things that the very Jewish media he criticizes don't allow to be said, which is just sort of a, a, it's a repetition, it's a recycling of the very tropes themselves. So, similar to, you know, I don't really think Donald Trump created more racism or xenophobia. I think he used the language that made people that believed a lot of this stuff more comfortable admitting it publicly. I think it's a similar thing with Kanye, but 
I do think to some degree there are folks who are just Kanye fans. They didn't think much about Jews one way or the other who are only hearing this and saying, I don't know, maybe he is making some good points. So so he actually may be convincing some people with some of this stuff. David, you bring up a good point and every time I've done a story where I've highlighted the coalition between Jews and civil rights leaders where I've talked about the insanity of Kanye West and his comments and commentary and how really people that say they're woke are identifying with white supremacy now because Kanye said it. Every time I bring that up, go to the comment section, I get the same thing. I get people saying that I'm not black anymore or somehow I'm contrary to progress of the black community. And I I find it really interesting because it was Kanye West who said that slavery was a choice. It was Kanye West who said George Floyd killed himself. It was Kanye West who wore a White Lives Matter shirt and stood next to the number one black white supremacist Candace Owens who refuses to wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. It was him that did these things in in contradiction to his own blackness and in contradiction to the community that first validated him. Let's be very clear, white America would not know who Kanye West was without black America validating him first. We did that for him and he has lived a life contrary now currently um, opposite of that sentiment and that uh, approval that we gave them. So you hear this, you see what's happening. You see people are more emboldened, all right, standing on bridges, etc. Where do you think this goes? I, I don't know where it goes. And the reason I say that is there is a soft anti-Semitism that exists, that's kind of the term I use, where there are folks who will say, yeah, I've heard the stereotypes, but at the end of the day, Jews are a privileged population in America. And so we don't really need to worry about it. Plus, a lot of these stereotypes are kind of positive. You know, they sound like kind of pretty good things. So there is unfortunately, I mean, listen, the hard right white supremacists, we know their view, but We have this other layer, which is this softer anti-Semitism that I find problematic as well. Because a lot of folks don't know necessarily, well, a lot of those stereotypes that sound kind of okay. I'd love people to say, hey, we're good at business, that sounds good. But what they don't understand are the discriminatory historical realities that led to that stereotype. The fact that it sounds positive, but what they're really saying is there is a concerted conspiratorial effort among Jews to control an industry. There's a lot of other stuff wrapped up in it. And a lot of people just don't understand that in in their defense, everybody's busy living their lives, right? It's not, they're not necessarily bad people because they don't know this stuff, but it can, the soft anti Semitism can be very recalcitrant. You know, it was Dr. King who said we should judge people based on the content of their character. There are individuals I am allied with because of their individual values. I understand that there are individuals inside of that group that may be completely contrary to my values. That goes for every demographic, including the Jewish demographic. There are those who are absolutely for me, there are those who may not be. But we even find that in the movement for black lives. We found that during the time of Dr. King. My college students were shocked when I told them less than 10% of churches would even allow Dr. King to speak at their churches. 
only 6% of America was actually in support of Dr. King based on a survey done by NBC when he was living. So the curated Dr. King we have today, the more digestible Dr. King we have today was not a digestible individual back then according to the sentiment of the majority of Americans and even the majority of preachers who would not allow him, black preachers in particular, who would not allow him to step foot in their church. But that doesn't mean that I'm now anti-black people or anti-black church or anti this or anti that. I'm still connecting with people based on values and based on the content of their character. How do you think we lost this, David, at some point? You know, I, I don't know. And again, like you say, every demographic group in the United States has examples of everything. And one of the things that I am sort of very disappointed by and upset by is what was historically a really important alliance between Jewish folks and black folks in the United States that has to a little bit of a degree been ruptured because of some anti-Semitism within the black community. And I told the story on my show, if you know, the famous Mississippi burning story yep. where three people were killed. Two of the three people were Jewish folks from New York City who understood the goals here are so similar between our groups of people. The historical circumstances have similarities, although they are not by any means the same. There are important value similarities where we should be allied here rather than butting heads. And it's it's disappointing to see that in certain enclaves that has completely broken down. You know, I finished doctoral studies at Clark Atlanta University. Clark Atlanta University has a connection to W.E.B. Du Bois. And we've always considered him to be one of our strong black scholars. Obviously, he was a black intellectual, but he also understood the necessity of black progress in America. And so he created coalitions with Jewish Americans. And those coalitions were very strong, including the NAACP, which was a Jewish black coalition initially in the foundation of it. But he also received criticism from people like Marcus Garvey. He received criticism from others who were for progress, but did not like his ideology. But I do find it quite interesting that today we can actually study both ideologies, both of these men as individuals, as well as leaders of a particular movement and appreciate what they brought to the table while understanding we may not agree with every element they subscribe to. The nuance, that nuance doesn't exist in this era as it did back then or in the context of history, do you agree? I completely agree and the the other part of this that I think is important and this is particularly relevant in the era of MAGA and this is not exactly what you're talking about, but it's another layer. There's a reflexive instinct by some to say, this isn't this whole Kanye thing, it's not about anti-Semitism, it's about mental illness. He says he's not taking the pills that a Jewish doctor told him to take. This yeah. is mental illness, plain and simple. And it's really important not to see these things as either or or one or the other. There's lots of mental illness and mentally ill individuals who have good or bad ideas, who have inclusive or discriminatory ideas. And also there is anti-Semitism and other types of racism and xenophobia that has nothing to do with mental illness or it might overlap with it. And one of the other concerns when you talk about seeing seeing people as individuals and evaluating the things they say, you don't have to ignore the content of what they say because there may be a mental illness component. And that's another thing that is unfortunately being used by some to sort of not necessarily excuse, but diminish the importance of the content of what Kanye has been saying. 
You know, we have to take things based on its impact. That's literally how we respond as a societal construct. This has great impact. Um, freedom of speech, let's talk about that before we have to end this interview. Uh, freedom of speech is not freedom of consequence or freedom from consequence. Uh, somehow, somehow, either Kanye or the people who support Kanye, and it is bigger than Kanye, I'm just using him as a, utilizing this as a microcosm. Why would Kanye escape the cause and effect relationship of freedom of speech? Yes, but it does not mean freedom from consequence. We all have that dynamic connected to us. Anything we offer for the public will either be criticized or it will be supported. That's how this works. What are your thoughts about this sentiment now? A lot of it is pushed from the conservatives that suggest and some flat out say freedom of speech should mean freedom from consequence. Yeah, I mean, that's not new. That's that's an old trope, which is they most loudly talk about freedom of speech, but they want there to be no consequences to them using that freedom of speech, which they claim someone else, I guess the left or Democrats are trying to, to take away from them. There are absolutely consequences to speech, assuming that they are not a violation of one's First Amendment rights, valid, should be expected, part of the discourse and the dialogue that exists. One of the really unfortunate things that's happening with the Kanye situation is the fact that his outrageous speech is having consequences, is being used to say, look, he's right. He said this stuff and now the very Jewish media he attacked is silencing him. And one and that, that can be very difficult to escape the bubble of and it's very damaging that that's taking place. Earlier today, I saw this on social media, Tucker Carlson flat out saying that hate speech does not actually exist. Now remember, he's an ally now of Kanye West. Kanye West, I think is more strategic than most people give him credit for. Because he goes out of his out of his way, David, to not offend racist white people. What are your thoughts yes. on that? 100% and the, it, I, I don't know whether these are ideas that we've heard over the last three weeks from Kanye that he stumbled upon himself or whether people have been suggesting or giving him some of this material. But the material is aligning absolutely perfectly with what a lot of those racist folks already believe. And much like with Trump, they heard a little kernel of something that sounded pretty good. They're hearing it from Kanye right now. David, always a pleasure. Dear brother, talking to you, I appreciate what you continue to do in your advocacy and your platforms. For those who may be living under a rock and they don't know how to check out your shows, please tell them how they can do so. Yeah, just my website's the the, the central place, davidpackman.com. Thank you, my friend, until next time. Thank you. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.